Well, hey guys, my name is Jenny Youngman and I'm the worship pastor here at Providence Church and I'm up here with our whole crew today because we are excited to share with you a little bit about what it means to live a life of worship. We love to lead this church in worship and worshiping God has shaped us and transformed us and so we're really excited to share our hearts with you, right guys? Mm -hmm. I want to start by just telling you a dream. So this is a little embarrassing, so I'm just going to let you in on my crazy dreams sometimes, um, but I know you'll give me some grace on it. Just to set the backdrop, this, this dream um, I would have, like, my high school years, college years, even into my young adult, just like over and again, I would have this same dream. So I grew up in the Nazarene church. This is the background to the dream. I grew up in the Nazarene church, and in high school, the church that I went to, my home church was kind of the big church in town. It was like the flagship Nazarene church, and so it was large. It was a large church, and the stage was huge. It was this huge, deep stage. The choir loft went up about 15 rows stadium style to seat about 100 people in the choir, and there was a whole orchestra, and I don't mean a small orchestra, I mean like the Nashville Symphony-sized orchestra on the stage, and on one side of the stage was this giant pipe organ, and on the other side of the stage was this grand piano, and then um, in between were like some digital pianos, just for good measure, I got to play those sometimes, so that was really fun, and then in front of the orchestra was a whole worship team, and then in front of them was the, like, the worship leader, um, and so there were a lot of people on the stage. We did not do simplicity back then. It was just big. Every instrument in town was on the stage. We played big music. And so that's the backdrop to this dream. And so in my dream, I'm the one standing on the conductor's platform. So like I'm directing all this music. So the music is happening. It's in the room. You can feel it. It's like the most beautiful thing you've ever had. And so um, because we're, we were really good Nazarenes, you can imagine it was like a medley. So it was like lots of songs connected together. There were lots of key changes because we did lots of key changes in the 80s and 90s. And there were lots of high notes for the sopranos and tenors. So this was like our show, right? This was like a big performance. And I am like flapping my arms like the best conductor on the planet, right? And I'm just making all the motions. I'm winded right? And I, I'm just like overcome with the, the beauty of the music. You know, you've been probably to a symphony hall or to a concert and just been caught up in the music, just caught up in the moment. And that is what would happen in my dream. I, I would just be like so caught up in the music and the moment of it all. And then we would get to the end. I would get to the end of my dream. And I would like be like, oh, man, that was amazing. That was so good. Thank you, Lord. And then I would open my eyes, and nobody is in the room. Like, there are no people. There's no orchestra. There's no 100-person choir. There's no worship leader. Like, it's just me flapping my arms, like, as though I'm conducting this giant um, symphony uh, for Jesus. And there's nobody in the room. It's just me standing there. It's like this, the weirdest dream I would have over and over again. But here's what has lasted in my heart from that dream. It's so like I could feel the spirit of God. It was like in my imagination or like in my dreams, I could feel the presence of God just like so real. It was in my bones. I knew what the beauty of the spirit of God felt like. And, and so I just, I've been c coming back to that dream like through the years. And I try to, you know, interpret it. I'm not like a dream interpreter. But I have just come to one sort of simple interpretation that I like to stick with. I think it just means that I was made to worship, right? I think my DNA, my fingerprint 
has in it the need to worship God. Sure, it could have like been a foreshadowing of the work that I would be called to do. I mean, it's like I, fl- I don't flap my arms around here, but I do lead a lot of music here. Um, and so it could have been a foreshadowing, but it also could just be like a window into my crazy creative mind. It also could be that I was made to worship. I think that's it. I think I was made to worship God. It's like in me. I want to get caught up like that, like in that dream. That's what I want here in this place when we worship together. I want to just be so enveloped in the presence and the beauty and the glory of God that I just am like, wow, God, wow, wow, God. And so you might think that I'm just talking about like my need to worship, that I was made to worship because I'm a musician and worship and music often go hand in hand together. But I don't think that's it because I think you were made to worship too. I think God shaped us and knit us together in our mother's wombs. And he said to us, you're beloved. I'm your God and you're my child. I want you to live your life with me. I want you to give me your heart. I want to walk the path of abundant life together with you. I think you were made that way and I think I was made that way. Whether we can sing or play an instrument or not, we were made to love and honor and revere and worship the one who made us, to worship the one who walks with us, to worship the one who saves us, who heals us and gives us fullness of life. And so my hope, our hope for our time together is that you can recognize that divine imprint on your heart too, that you can see that in your own fingerprint, that you discover that worship is much more than a single appointment on a Sunday morning. I want you to become a full participant in the good life with God. I want you to give him your whole heart. I want to give him my whole heart and worship God with praise that's ever on our lips, just like we sing, just like we heard in the psalm. So Psalm 34 started our time together, and I want to read the the message paraphrase. I love the way it says the psalm. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. I mean, worship opens doors to all God's goodness. Worship opens doors to God's goodness. I remember a few years ago, Gina and I came across a video of a worship pastor talking online about worship. I don't remember a lot that she was saying. But I remember this phrase because it stuck with us and we've been saying it ever since. She was giving a testimony and she talked about a time um, that she was sort of at the end of her own resources. And she said the phrase, I'm just putting praise out into the atmosphere. She had come to a point where she didn't know what else to do. And so what she knew to do was to worship. She was putting praise into the atmosphere. And I think that you could say that putting praise into the atmosphere is opening the door to God's goodness, right? Worship opens doors to all God's goodness. So we put praise into the atmosphere to open the door to some goodness. Worship reminds us that God is God. 
Worship and praise lifts our hearts and our spirits. Worship invites the work of the Spirit into our lives. And so when we need to remember the goodness of God, if we've forgotten or if we've gotten off track, let's put some praise into the atmosphere and open the door. When we need answers to prayers, when we're frustrated and we don't see a way, let's put some praise into the atmosphere. When we need a breakthrough in our marriage or a relationship or in our job, let's put some praise into the atmosphere and open the door to God's goodness. When we put praise into the atmosphere, then we can taste and see the goodness of God. We get to experience it. And so we're talking this summer about experiencing God more deeply in these ancient pathways that take us deeper with God. We started with solitude, and then last week we fasted together, which was amazing and deep And as we were desperate for Jesus together. And so today we're looking at worship as an ancient path to the heart of God. So worship is a spiritual practice. It's an ancient spiritual practice that takes us deeper in our walk with God. A life of worship is an ancient pathway to the heart of God. It's tried and true. You see it all the way through the Bible. And what's more is that what we learn in the Bible about worship is that worship is both the open door to God's goodness, and then it's also the response to God's goodness. So we praise and worship and open the door to experience God's goodness. And then we walk through the door and we worship some more in gratitude and praise. We see this throughout the Bible that the worship is a primary connector to the heart of God. We see this um, in Abraham in his obedience. Look, his worship was obedience to God. We see this um, in Miriam and Moses singing praise songs because they had seen the salvation of God. They had walked through the door of God's goodness, and so their response was to worship. We see it when David is dancing like a fool because the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God, was coming back to reside among them. We see this when Paul and Silas bring down prison walls with praise songs. Can you imagine bringing down bars that are keeping you imprisoned? bringing those down with with a praise song, with worship. And then we see it in this desperate moment of a woman who just wants to be near Jesus, who just wants to draw near to the heart of God. And so she takes her most expensive, most prized possession to Jesus and pours it all over his feet. It's the open door and it's the response. And those are just a few of the biblical examples. They're all through the Bible. You can just Google worship in the Bible and you will see stories of such impactful worship and how lives, have, lives were changed because of worship. So how do we do that today? How do we live a life of worship? So Bible characters, of course, they are deep and spiritual, but how do we live a life of worship? I'm going to give you some no-brainers. These are going to sound so simple that you're going to be like, Jenny, you're wasting my time. I already knew that, but I just want to challenge you to ask yourself, am I really doing it? I might know that that would be a good idea. I might know that that could maybe draw me closer to the heart of God, but I haven't quite done it yet. I just want you to, I'm admitting right now that they're super simple and they're going to feel like no-brainers, but I feel like they need to be said out loud. I'm just led by the Spirit to say them out loud today. So to live a life of worship, I just want to suggest that we prepare our hearts for worship, that we don't just show up here and just sort of let it rip, right? I just want to suggest that if we come here one hour a week, that we make the most of it. That maybe this is hard for all of us even. Maybe we go to bed 
a little early the night before, just so we can wake up refreshed and revived and come with our whole bright selves into this place to give our worship to God. And maybe it means that we spend a quiet minute before we walk in here, before we've, you know, we've, we've already been frazzled at home getting ready, getting through traffic to get here. It's, it's early maybe in the morning or maybe it's early at home here watching. And so maybe we just take a quiet moment to let, to ask God to come and show up, to speak to our hearts, to unlock a truth that we need to hear. Maybe we take a minute to let our distractions go. We all have to-do lists. We all are driving people different places. We all have grocery lists. We know we might have some things we want to get done today. Maybe we take all those thoughts and just say, like, that's, that's for later. But right here, my thoughts, I'm giving my whole self, my mind, my heart, my soul, free of distractions and all in when we drive up on this hill for worship or when we tune in online. So no-brainer. I told you, these are no-brainers. Here's another one. Be a willing participant in worship. So this is your invitation from your worship team to sing with all you've got, even if you think you can't sing, and even if you don't like the song. I'm so sorry if you don't like the song. We, we love the song, so <laughs> we want you to sing with us. But even if you think you can't sing and it's not your favorite song, could you sing anyway? Could you be a willing participant in the worship of God? Because worship opens the doors to God's goodness. And maybe you need God's goodness. Maybe the person next to you needs God's goodness. So could you sing and worship and be a willing participant? Would you pray that God's spirit would fall on the gathered church to bring breakthroughs, to move in people's hearts and lives? Maybe you even want to take some notes from the sermon and use them to pray and worship and study during the week. Would you believe that our worship whether gathered here online or gathered in this room, could be a doorway to God's goodness in your life? Would you believe that? Maybe even your worship here could be a doorway for God's goodness in someone else's life. Okay, so this next one is a little harder. It's a little more difficult. But sometimes we have to offer a sacrifice of worship. Sometimes we do not feel like worshiping. I think we would all say that up here. We get tired. We have broken hearts. Sometimes we're just exhausted. Sometimes we've been disappointed by somebody or something, or maybe we've even been disappointed by the church, and we don't feel like we can muster up any praise. And those are real feelings, and I admit that, and I say, we, yes, we have all felt them up here. But I want to suggest to you that even when we don't feel like worship, we can worship anyway. Just going through the motions can be some worship, right? We can put some praise into the atmosphere. We put praise into the atmosphere. We let other people sing the songs over us and pray the prayers for us until we can sing and pray ourselves. Sometimes just showing up to worship is all we can manage and isn't offering enough to God. Sometimes it's, it feels sacrificial because we don't want to do it. I just want to invite all of us, including me, to worship anyway. And finally, what if we begin to worship God like all day, every day? What if we live a life of worship? If worship opens the door to God's goodness, then why would we only want to experience that goodness one hour a week here inside these walls? Think about all the time that you're out in the world, going to work, being with your family, being with your friends, doing all the things that you do, going to the places that you go. Why would we want to just contain all of our worship in this one hour? 
No, I want more of God's goodness. I want God's goodness in my life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And I sure want God's goodness here in this room when we gather and when we gather online. And so I just suggest that we could worship all day, every day, every day. I think the testimony from the psalm writer could be the testimony of many of you and many of us up here. We've tasted and seen the goodness of God. Like we know what it feels like. God has come running after us. We know what that feels like. When we were desperate and cried out, God heard our cries and came with a breakthrough. And so if we want to go deeper in worship, maybe you haven't felt that before, but you want to go deeper. Maybe you have felt it and you still think there is a deeper still for you in experiencing the beauty and the presence of God. So I'm praying that you, that we will add practicing worship into our daily life. So some just quick ideas. Maybe we start the day with a worship song, just putting praise on our lips. If we can't think of praise, words of praise on our own, maybe we just listen to a worship song and start with prayer. Maybe we keep praise all day on our lips by just praising God for little blessings, for sunsets, for accomplishments, and for answered prayer. Maybe praising God, worshiping God all day, every day sounds like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Maybe it sounds like, help me, Jesus. Jesus, be near. Maybe it sounds like, oh, you are beautiful, God. You are beautiful. And this is my favorite one that I actually learned from Kermaine here. He just says, yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. I love that. I do that all the time now in my daily life. Just, yeah, yes, God. Thank you. We were made to worship. It's how we were created. And so it takes practice and intention, but it's in us. It's what we were made for. And I want you to know that our worship team up here, like, we're not experts, but we practice a life of worship. We're doing it alongside you, with you. And so we're going to share some more experiences and practical ideas for how to live a life of worship. So I'm going to let Gina, actually, our worship leader, take it from here and lead us in a conversation about worship that I know you guys are going to love. Thank you so much, Jenny. You, um, your faithful obedience to our church, your beautiful teaching has deepened my worship life and I'm honored to be led by you and to be taught by you. And this team up here is also amazing. We welcome Tevin Turner. He's our sound engineer. You might not have ever seen him because he's so behind the scenes, but he adds so much beauty to what we, what we do here and in our worshiping time together. So I'm excited for you to hear from him as well. As we were thinking about some of the questions and about some of the things we really wanted uh, to talk about today, uh, the, the first one that just came up was, where has God met us in worship? Where has that happened? How has our spirit connected with God's spirit in worship in this place or in our personal time? And one for me just even happened a couple weeks ago. We were getting ready for worship here on a Sunday morning. We had rehearsed. We had done the sound check. We had put our little in-ear monitors in. We were ready. We prayed with our pastors. We were ready to worship. We, we, Jenny starts us off with the psalm. We sing the first song. It's beautiful. It's deep. You can feel it in the room. And then all of a sudden we transitioned to, I don't know if y'all remember this, but we started singing, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And I couldn't hear anything. And it was something like, you know, you start looking around and you start looking at Tevin like, ah, and I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear what, what the instruments that were going in my ear. I couldn't hear because 
the church was singing so loudly. The church was leading us. And in that space, I knew God was here. I knew the Spirit of God was moving in this place. We say in the South, you know, you could sop it up with a biscuit. <laughs> and that's the truth. I mean, it was like such a gift. And, and worship connects us to the heart of God, but worship also connects us all together. It reminds us we're not alone and reminds us we're, we don't have to do it ourselves. Jenny said we don't have to muster up anything. And so um, it was just a beautiful reminder to me of, yes, this is why we're here. You know, this is why you're tuning in online. We're so grateful for you um, being with us. So I wanted to ask that question, maybe start with John. Where have you noticed God in worship? What, have you, what did you feel? What did you experience? Tell us a little bit. Well, um, anytime you see me up here, you know that uh, I hear God speaking and through, the, through the people. And, um, but I, I, I remember a couple of times, I've had privileges to be in worship services uh, in maybe unusual places. So I've been to a lot of worship services in, uh, in Mexico. There were usually Methodist churches, but I think every Protestant church in Mexico is a Pentecostal church. Um, so to, to worship with the people there in a language that I don't understand too well, and to sing the songs in the other language, um, and to the, those people there, they prepared to worship. They made a sacrifice to come to worship, most of them. And... Um, so I, I received a, a whole lot from those people. It really, when I, I, I might not have known a whole lot of what is being said, you know. I'd like to think I knew more than I do, but I, yeah. I didn't understand most of it. And another place, uh, another place I've been is uh, I've had the privilege of, I usually wasn't leading the worship in Mexico. I've led worship in jails and prisons. Um, in the past, and um, that's always where I, I feel God coming down, and I can't decide if it's because we're all prisoners in the same way, or at that moment, none of us are prisoners, you know. Um, so, I would, any time I'm in front of people or out in the congregation, I feel God coming down. Cremaine, what about you? Well, um, one of the most um, powerful uh, experiences with God I've ever had was here at Providence. Uh, it was our baptism service. And if anybody finds the video of that, you'll see that I didn't have a dry eye the whole entire service. It was something about seeing like hearts being broken open and chains being broken and hearts coming to Christ and souls coming to Christ and feeling that energy in this room and knowing that God is here with us. It's so powerful. Yeah. So very, very powerful. That was a beautiful night. Hopefully we can do another one soon. That was just so powerful. You're looking to the left and the right and just baptisms are happening all over. Tiff, what about you? Um, well, one for especially... For me in the last year um, in the first few months 
that COVID was just um, really um, just everywhere and we were locking down, my husband Lee and I started just doing music online on Facebook Live. And we do all kinds of music, but a few, like we would do it almost every night for a couple of months at least. And a couple of nights in, I was like, Lee, I just feel like we need to do a worship song. And he's like, yeah. And when we, when we did the Facebook Live video, just the messages and comments and, you know, just in the midst of people just having a lot of fear and anxiety and seeing how God could just move through a video and a virtual experience, but just to see how God just moves through anything, and, and He moves through music that's not just worship music. If it's, you know, if your hearts are on a different level and in a different plane, and, you're, and you love Him, but when we would do worship music, we would just notice the difference in what people would reach out and, and write to us, and, and it was just really cool, because I never would have thought that that would be a vehicle for God to touch people. Um, and yeah, that's been a way that I've, I've really seen him just move so greatly in worship. Grateful for those videos for sure. Jenny talked a little bit too about um, sometimes it's harder to come to worship. It's harder to walk in the door. It's harder to lead worship. It's hard when you're brokenhearted. It's hard when you're tired. It's hard when you're exhausted. Um, how, Shelby, how have you led if you've been in a season of being super tired, of bone tired? Um, how have you led or how have you worshiped when you are, when your heart is broken? Well, I think it's a, I think it's an intuition thing. I know for me, just because kind of like Jenny, I've had dreams too of like, I know that I'm supposed to be up here. And um, yeah, a few years ago, um, just about everything was taken suddenly in my life. Something happened and I was broken, completely broken. And it was on a Saturday night when it all happened. And I woke up and didn't know what to do, but I knew that I had to show up to this place. And I knew that I had to come here because there was nothing else to do. And so through the pain, the confusion, the exhaustion, uh, bitterness, whatever emotion that was surrounding me at that moment, I chose to worship because I had to, because there was no other choice. It's kind of like breathing for me. It's like, I have to do it. Beautiful. Kermaine, how do you incorporate worship in your daily life? What is your, what is your weekly worship rhythm look like? Man, that's a, I feel like we should be, we should live our, our lives in such a way that everything we do is worship. Uh, yes, I sing, yes, I play an instrument, but like even even just like honoring you know our health, honoring you know uh, you know our relationships that you know people have of uh, that God has put in our lives like that's that's a form of worship um, I, one simple thing for me is just like every single time I sit down at this instrument, 
is, is a moment to worship because it's a privilege. It really is a privilege to be able to do this. And so it, even when you guys see me, it doesn't matter what I'm playing, I am lost, lost in the music because that's my worship to God. He's going, yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. I wanted to also make sure we talk to Tevin a little bit. Um, Tevin is a worship leader um, at our soundboard. He is making sure our sound um, is right for our online experience. He's making sure our sound is right for our in-person experience. So, Tevin, you've got a unique perspective in that you are seeing everything um, from, from your spot. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your job. Tell us a little bit about what you see, what you experience here during worship. This is not weird at all, being on this side. <laughs> You're usually in the, behind the scenes. Right, always behind the camera on the other side. I mean, just for me personally, like... Music and the way that I approach it is already super spiritual for me. Just the way that it connects to me, the way that I connect to it, right? The way my mind works is God is a force that we can't see, but it moves us. Music is another force that we can't see, yet it moves us. Like, music moves you and it pushes you and it does things like that. So when I come in here and people are, like, letting go of everything that they come in with through the week, right? Like, I see it every week. Like, people come in here and they just let it all go. And then, like, there's moments that get created when it's like, oh, y'all can't hear yourselves because the crowd's just, like, so loud. And it's just, like, moments like that just make me feel like, man, like, I'm just so thankful to, like, be a part of this and, like, be able to, like, be in this moment because it's, like, plenty of people are missing this moment right here, right now. But like I'm lucky enough to like be here in this moment and even to be considered as a person that can help cultivate the environment and stuff, like I'm thankful for it. Cause just coming from where I'm coming from, like a lot of that stuff don't happen, like, you know, yeah. This is like my this like the place. And I tell y'all this all the time, like this is my home, this is my place. And it's just like ever since I've been here, like I've felt that since day one. Just the openness to God, like even the church mission, it was just like completely 180 me on what I even saw with Christ and like Jesus and everything like since I've been here. So it's just like, not only do I get to see it from the people, but I also get to see it in my own life and how being here and like doing things that have affected me as well too. We love you so much, Tevin. You have been a gift to our church. You can't, love y'all too. You can't know like what, what you've done for, for our church. So we love you so much. All right, we're about to wrap up our time. So we've got one last question. This, I think, is the hardest question that you can ask musicians. It's so f- easy. No way. So it's easy? You think it's easy? All right, we'll see. So what is your favorite band or artist? You have no time to think about it. Jeff, start. Hanson. No, uh, the Beatles. <laughs> it's the what? Beatles. What Definitely the Beatles. Okay, Beatles. Tev? Uh, probably Rush. Rush. Okay. Nice. Wow. All right, Wes? Uh, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Brent? Merle Haggard. Merle, Merle. What about you, John? Well, Jeff stole my Beatles, but because they're the best band, because together they were much greater than they were individually. Yes. For many other reasons, too. But I was yeah. going to say all that. Still, but still, I mean, still Beatles. It reminds me of us. Yeah. All right, Jenny. Okay, uh, Paul Simon, hands down, right? Paul right. Simon. 
Akron. Since West stole Stevie Wonder, I've got to say the great um, Prince yeah. and India Ari. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tiff. You said Aretha Tiff. Franklin. Yes. Tiff. Yes. So good. Shelby. Queen. <laughs> yes. I feel like I saw that one coming. Yeah. I do. I feel like I saw that. One. All right, mine's Dolly. I mean, we're, we live in what Nashville. I'm from Tennessee. Come uh, on somebody now. has to say that. You, it's the truth. It, is, it is a Tennessee requirement. She's the best. If anybody no, she's the best. I knew she'd say it's it. Gonna be so Gina. And she's the best person ever. So anyway, <laughs> all right. We have loved sharing with you. This has just been a privilege for us. Um, we just pray that you, um, wherever you are right now, we're going to do what we have been talking about. We're going to stand up and worship. And so, guys, we can stand up. You can put your instruments on. So wherever you are, grab your kids. Or if you're in the kitchen making coffee, just set that down just for a second. We're going to worship. So bring everything you have. Bring all yourself to worship. Let's sing together. All right, hit it, Wes.